0: Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to the show. This is the Chase Jarvis Live show here on Creative Live. This is the show where I do awesome stuff with awesome people with the goal of helping you live your dreams in career and hobby and in life. Today I'm going to answer two questions. Uh, originally from my YouTube show, The Daily Creative. I'm leveraging those questions here over to the podcast, and by the way, if you do have other questions, I'm still taking those questions now via text, however, at 206-309-5177. That's a separate issue, but today I'm answering two what I think are really smart questions. If you are interested, there are more than 50 of these episodes on my YouTube channel. All you have to do is smash the subscribe button uh, youtube.com slash chase Jarvis. And there are lots more of these shows. If this is of interest to you, um, I'm going to be continuing to share some of these on the podcast here. Uh, and again, taking, uh, your questions via text, as I mentioned just a moment ago. So tag me. I'll always keep my eyes off for your questions out there in the world. I'm going to get out of the way and let you enjoy these little nuggets of wisdom. Enjoy the show. My name is Anthony Catania at dot Anthony on Instagram, and I have a question regarding the hyphens we as creatives tend to accumulate. You talk about this concept a lot, but you also speak about how we should become a master in one discipline. I wonder if you feel these two ideas can only coexist in terms of artist, hyphen, entrepreneur, hyphen, business owner, or can they also be uh, artist, hyphen, graphic designer, hyphen, illustrator? What's your advice on how to decide which hyphens to focus on and which only muddy the waters? Thanks for all you do to keep us inspired and creative. Awesome. Great question. You're referring to my, what, 10 10 plus, 10 or 15 years now about talking around becoming hyphens. And what I saw, this is my job as an entrepreneur and a creator to see around the corner to see what's coming up. I saw the future of work changing, the future of education changing. Uh, We're here at Creative Live in Seattle, which is a... uh, the largest online creative education company focused on creativity and, and entrepreneurship. I saw these things coming and I started talking about how school was no longer able to prepare us and how in the future if our, if our parents had one job, we're gonna have five and the next generation will have five jobs at the same time. That's the way that employment was working, that's the way that um, the expectation, the economic pressure and the opportunity because now we have so many tools and so much of our digital world has been democratized. Um, So the distance between, um, or the distance or difference between mastery and being a hyphen. Now, I I think it's really important. I think we all are hyphens because we all have to do a lot of things to put together the living and the life that we want. In the early part of your career, you're doing a lot of exploring. You don't know what you wanna do, so you should try a bunch of stuff. In part, that's one of the few things that, unless you're gonna be a doctor or a lawyer, or something requires a piece of paper. And if you have a bunch of money, college is a good place to go and experiment. I actually prefer, I can say this, uh, I went to college, it didn't add me a lot, add a lot of value to me, but I can say that today I think you can experiment and find the things that interest you. It's your job to be curious first, to find something that you love, and you don't. Re- that, it is not a requirement that college provide that for you. So early in your career, you're curious, you're exploring. When you find something that you feel like you can dedicate so much time and energy to, your passion is, is all hell about this thing, then you enter on that path to mastery. You will have to do a bunch of other stuff on the way. You won't have any money, so you'll have to maybe wait tables on the side. And that's not to say you're aiming to become a master table waiter, right? That's not part of your, your mission or vision for yourself in life. But when you enter that path towards mastery, that is a relentless, wicked focus on a thing, whether it's you know making films or vlogging or, um, being a photographer, a designer, starting your own business—the juice that I uh, get from you know running Creative Live or being a photographer is unparalleled. The, the, my life feels like I'm being pulled through life. Um, I have unparalleled amounts of energy. I'm being true to who I am when I'm doing those things. When you find that for yourself, that is the beginning of what it feels like to be on that path. What I believe and I subscribe to is. And here's how these things aren't at odds. I encourage you to focus on that thing. Ruthless, relentless, almost at the cost of so many things so that you can feel and learn and understand what it was or is to master something. Um, I'm not just externally validated as a master from Hasselblad and Nikon and and, um, folks that bestow such titles, but I consider myself in my mind, I can take any picture. If you give me the right resources, time, budget, I can come up with a picture and I can take the picture that's in my mind and make it. So it took me years and years and years to get there. And at first it's the creative gap, right? The the gap between the distance between the, the picture you can see in your mind and what you can make. When that is zero, you have mastered something. When you're sitting there on the, what's called the 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 master lounge chair, you, you've and you're able to look back, you're able to at that point deconstruct what it took to get there. It wasn't just re- relentless pursuit of the skills and the craft that's critical, but there was also the network. Who did you know? Who did you run around with? Who you were inspired by? Um, what did you learn along the way? What? What percentage of energy did you have to put into working on the craft versus socializing and making your craft known to other people? All that is part of mastery. When you focus on mastery, you then open and you, you, you achieve it or some definitive 80, 20 version of that you unlock so many other doors. This is the thing that people miss they just dabble all the time, then you never really understand what it is to be great at something. And when you don't have greatness, the experience of greatness, when you can just look at it and see, it's hard to understand how to then apply yourself in other areas of interest and and get really good really quickly. I think one of the best people in the world with respect to this is Tim Ferriss. Um, He has deconstructed the sort of the meta the concept of learning how to learn to me that's why i'm the founder and ceo of creative live because i'm a passionate lifelong learner and once you have mastered something then you know go back to your question now the idea of picking up other things that are analogous or parallel or related or helpful to your area of primary interest become much more natural you understand what it takes to get there that's, to me, the critical piece. So I'm, I'm kind of rephrasing your question back to you and it's like, which is better? What's a distraction and what's not? To me, that's, you need to understand what it is that you want. Once you have that understanding, that's experimentation and play. Once you find something you wanna dedicate yourself to, do that. You're gonna to have to do other things along the way but master that and then you can leverage that into all. I mean, and I can play this video. You can just use this filter and play this video and overlay it on anyone you see online that you think is incredible. I don't care who it is. If you're a huge fan of Brené Brown, you can see that she was a researcher. First and foremost, she was a researcher. And then she started, you know, teaching and then talking. She gave an amazing TED Talk and that TED Talk was the real catapult to her being a well-known author. And then now that's what she does. She writes incredible best-selling books. So Whether you apply that filter to Brené Brown or to Gary Vee, Gary, same thing. He was an entrepreneur from a young age, was able to focus on his parents' wine business, made an amazing life and career and business out of wine, and then said, wait a minute, I can do that to other industries. He got along, involved in social along the way. That's one of the things that propelled him to excellence in the wine world. And then he made a media company out of this. You see this pattern over and over and over. So it's very important to me that you relook at your question. A, I think I answered it. But B, that you understand what I'm prescribing. Explore, play, get, find something you love, become a master at it. Disproportionately engage in that over all of the things, and then so many other doors will unlock. Also, when you're a master miraculously or not, you find yourself connecting with other uh, masters in other disciplines. To me that's one of the most exciting phases that I'm at in my career is I'm running around with people who are (laughs) way above my pay grade, I'm punching way above my weight Um, and hopefully they think the same of me but it's a really cool, um, I think, way to look at the world. So that's the answer. Hope you dig it. I appreciate the question. The hyphen thing is it's a thing. Um, I harp on it. Is it every video probably that I touch on it? Maybe? Almost every video? Almost every video. Awesome. Thank you very much. Hey Chase, my name is Megan. Hi Megan. And my question is about burnout. Burnout. I recently took on a full-time day job, which I enjoy, but I feel like I'm losing focus on my personal business goals. And I'm wondering if you have any advice on how to regain focus on my business goals, Keep focus on my day job and not completely burn out. Got it. Thank you. You're awesome. All right. Here's the definition, like embedded in your question. I love this. And if you're out there, you feel scatterbrained at all, or you have to work in, a, in parallel with your passion, pay attention to the answer to this question. She's, she's using the word focus, oops. She's using the word focus and she's like, can you focus on X, Y, Z? The definition of focus is to focus <laughs> and so it's impossible it's literally by definition and if you've ever tried to focus on 10 things at once it's impossible and the science says this we can't multitask we we have the term multitask but what we end up doing is diluting our focus and when we dilute our focus we, we we get we get shitty at stuff so um but you're not alone in this question megan and the answer is probably unsurprising but i'm going to put it in a tight little package here you have what you called a day job, and then you called it your passion. So, in your day job, you wanted to be able to be focused on your day job and your creative passions. You can't think of about, and you can't think of it in those in those ways. When I'm I'm going to um, sew into your question, my belief, I, I'm going to say, I, I make an assumption. What I think you mean, you really love your passion, but you have obligations, you have mortgage payment, maybe kids, you got some, some financial constraints that make it so you have to have a day job, or maybe you just wanna have this creative stuff, your passion as a side hobby. I'm gonna, I'm, because most of the audience really wants to do their passion full-time, that's the way I'm gonna frame your question, so I hope I'm, I'm making the correct assumption. When you, um, that's the best way of saying this, why do you have a full-time job? If it's a money thing, look at how much money that provides you. Look at your list of expenses. Can you trim your list of expenses such that you don't have to work a full-time job? This is the first thing, this is the first filter that for people who are using the excuse of not following their passion, look at, you're gonna die. You're going to die one day at the end of this life Are you going to say you wish you made more money doing the boring shitty job that you have so that you could kind of do the things that you cared about on the side no there there are lots of studies and people who are dying and they say that that's not the thing that they think about on their deathbed you're going to want to have followed your passion your heart your mind so look at this list of expenses through that lens very carefully what do I really need here and then if you have some you know, you're not established in your creative career right now or you're not following your passions. What can you do to make that amount of money and just a little bit more for some cushion? And how can you rally? if you do have a family, how can you get them on your side? My understanding is that when people they, they truly come out to the people in their lives about what they want, that the, the family, your friends, your peers, your parents will rally around you. You have to state what you actually want. Reduce your expenses. Find a job that makes that much and just a little bit more. Usually that's less than a full-time job. Sometimes it's in the evenings, waiting tables or bartending. Sometimes it's parking cars or sometimes it's something you can do on your own, transcription, coding, something like that. Part-time compartmentalize the shit out of that thing that you don't love so that every other aspect of your life, all of your waking energy, the time, can be focused on the thing that you're passionate about. I mean, just by definition, passion, right? Wouldn't you want to align who you are, the work that you do with what you're passionate about? This is the key. I wish that, I wish that school, I wish, that, I wish culture t- like, talked about this. To me, this is a secret that shouldn't be a secret. I've only said this, how many times have I said this? A hundred times, a thousand times in a thousand videos? I want you to know that I love the question. I'll keep answering the question as long as you guys keep asking it. This is the key. You've also heard there's the nine to five, but there's also the five to nine. I'm gonna leave you with this one last thing. You get what you must have. You rarely get what you should have. This is a quote from my friend El Luna, um, The Intersection of Should and Must. It's a great book. Um, is it Intersection, is that right? Whatever, Intersection of Should and Must. What is it? Crossroads, Crossroads, Crossroads of Should and Must. L Luna, E-L-L-E. Um, you get what you must have. And if you just should have more time to do the things you want, you will never get there. You need to make it a must. This is something that, that has to do with the fibers of your being and Metallica. Um, but in, unless you can compartmentalize those things in a way where your focus and passion and energy are directed to the thing you want to be and become in this world, it's going to be much harder for you to get there dream big right that's the thing is like there's so much i get so excited for you because you're not actually living your dream right now and you're going to take this and you're going to apply it and then what i want is another voicemail in like six months it's like it says holy shit chase i did what you said you know what it worked i get those emails every single day maybe we can start surfacing those maybe we should anyway awesome question megan thank you very much Hopefully this question that I just answered that you didn't ask, there's a lot of people who are not Megan who are going like, oh damn, that was helpful. That's my hope, thanks for tuning in the show. Subscribe, like, that's the way that I feel like this can permeate our culture is from you. And if you actually are sharing this video, I think you'll get some cred from your homies. All right, signing off for another episode. I'm Chase, see you again tomorrow. All right, real quick, hey, before you go, if you know anything about me or my work, you know how deeply I believe in the power of creativity. It's so core for a successful, fulfilling life. I mean, that life cannot be built by accident, right? That's only an accumulation of intentions and daily choices and actions and the stories we tell ourselves about what's possible with this one precious life. Well, I want you to know that I wrote a book specifically about this. And if you enjoy the show and you don't yet have the book, I think, uh, I think you ought to because I think it's an incredible companion to all the work, the 10 years that we put into making this show. The book is called Creative Calling. You can get it, of course, at, at Amazon or, or your local bookshop or anywhere books are sold or at creativecalling.com. Uh, but there is a creative process I outline in the book, a series of daily habits. It's very, very actionable. And again, wherever you are on your path, whether you're just starting out or you're a veteran, um, if I don't, if that book doesn't add value to your life, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews on Amazon. So if that book doesn't uh, add value to your life, then you can message me personally and I will, I will get your 15 bucks back for the hardback edition. Uh, I just want you to know that if, if you're new here or you haven't checked out the book, please do. And let me know what you think. All right. Thanks again. And we'll see you uh, the next episode.